aboard for another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. And time flies when you are having fun because, John Spataro, I cannot believe this is week 10 of the National Football League slate as we are in mid-November. We start to separate the contenders from the pretenders as far as straight up goes. When it comes to the lines, it's all about winning each and every week. We're not worried about the big picture so much unless you got some of those futures bets maybe with the NFL season win totals or you're looking at the NFL MVP award or things like that. But before we get into week number 10 and talk about the Chicago Bears in depth, Let's recap, as we always do, win or lose what we did last week. And, John, I know you had a little bit of a rough week last week, and you're looking to bounce back here in Week 10. Yep, I registered another 0-3 on my best bets. I did get the Bears game right. If you remember our long conversation about the game last week, uh, the line came in at six points in favor of the Tennessee Titans. I was on the Titans, not necessarily because I thought that they were a blow-away better team than the Bears, but the Bears were dealing with some COVID issues going into the game last week, and uh, they sure uh, did not make it any easier for the Bears. They, the offensive line was ineffective most of that game. Nick Foles, again, decided to wait to the fourth quarter to actually throw some decent-looking balls and move the offense down the field. They end up losing by a touchdown, which is enough for the Titans to cover. And thank God that game is over, because I don't know if I'm ever going to see a more uh, dilapidated offense uh, than we did on Sunday in Nashville. It just was wasn't a good game overall for the Bears. And then elsewhere around the league, I really found a lot of interesting ways to lose this past weekend. It, it, it was a tough one, to say the least. Let's start with the Indianapolis Colts. I was on them as home dogs. They were getting a point and a half against the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens decided to shove it in my face because I was talking about how they weren't playing that well, and they ended up beating the Colts at home 24-10. to 10. So that one wasn't even close. A game that was close late, but the Jaguars were not <laughs> doing me any favors. They came back late in that game, and uh, although I was on the side of the Texans minus seven, they ended up only beating the Jags by two, which gives a cover to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I lost on that. And then finally, I'm sure everyone saw it. It was a surprise, but it hurts even more when you're on the uh, heavy favorite side of one of these games, which I was, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Dallas Cowboys. They were getting 14 points were the Cowboys, and they end up losing by five and really had a pretty good shot to win that game. I mean, Mike McCarthy really could have uh, snuck out of there and, and really kind of changed the narrative if you beat an undefeated team uh, like the Cowboys almost did against the Steelers. But all in all, it ends up with three losses. I am now deep, deep, deep into a slump. I had a little bit of a winning uh, week last week, but I've had too many offers uh, already and we're only in week 10. So hopefully I can get off the schneid here and back to my winning ways in week number 10. John Spataro with a little bit of a rough week last week. We always tell you when we win or lose, but he's had a lot of good weeks this year. And like John said, trying to get back in the win column here for week number 10. As far as me, Jason Gotch finally put together a winning week. Had a lot of those early in the year. It had been a rough couple of weeks for me, but two and one with the best bets. We gave you the Bills plus the one and a half at home. You know, I love if you listen to this show, I love home dogs. I always look at the home dogs first. The National Football League, even with a lot of 
teams not having fans this year because of the COVID pandemic. There's something about playing on your own field, and when you're getting points, I always give that team a second, third, and fourth look, even if I don't bet on that team. But it served me well this week with the home dogs. I went 2-0. and First off, the Buffalo Bills plus 1.5 against Seattle. The Bills win that game outright 44-34. Seattle's a very good team. They might end up in the Super Bowl. But I think Buffalo's a little bit underrated. They had the good start. They stumbled a little bit. And Sean McDermott's a good coach. Josh Allen's had a pretty darn good year after a a shaky start to his National Football League career. So the Buffalo Bills paying dividends for me in Buffalo with that win outright and getting the one and a half points. Also probably made a lot of you there out there in listener land shake their head last week. But hey. Don't doubt Jason Gotch with these home dogs. I told you to take the Dallas Cowboys plus nine and a half. I know, they're terrible. But the Pittsburgh Steelers were coming off two real tough games. They won a squeaker down in Tennessee, and then they beat their arch rival, the Baltimore Ravens, back-to-back weeks. So if there was ever a time for a letdown for a team, it was the Steelers last week in Dallas. Gilbert was the quarterback right off the scrap heap for Dallas because they've had so many injuries. Dalton out. And also, of course, Dak Prescott out for the year with that gruesome ankle injury to have surgery. So a lot of quarterback issues in Dallas, a lot of head coach issues. But this is one where the Steelers just did not get up for the game. They won it 24-19. They're still unbeaten Pittsburgh straight up. But on the spread, Dallas, the easy cover there as Pittsburgh got the late score to win outright. So you covered with the 9.5. Did not do as well with the Denver Broncos on the road, plus 3.5. They did not cover in Atlanta, 34-27. So 2-1 and one with the best bats. And then we, we swept the Bears. They weren't in the best bats, but we swept them because we took Titans minus six and a half. Tennessee winning that game, covering barely because, of course, the uh, Titans did at the end there go ahead and rally or let the Bears rally. And then we had the under in that contest. So did okay with the Bears this week. But overall, we look at the best bets first and we were two and one with the best bets. So hopefully for me, Jason Gotch, stay in the win column with those best bets this week. Now, John, let's go ahead and take a look at the Chicago Bears because uh, you mentioned it during our show prep, and I think you put it real well here. And I'm going to let you, of course, have the floor now for the listeners here on State Lines where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. But you said the Bears' offense, not good. The offensive line, not good. Nick Foles waiting till the fourth quarter to make some plays. And once again, the Bears a big hole. They can't dig themselves out of that hole and now they've lost three in a row overall. Yeah, I mean, everything that I said, it, it was really just a you know word vomit of the words and feelings that I was having watching that game. It was tough to watch. I mean, it really is going three straight quarters with no points scored. And I just need to point out how poorly you need to play or how poorly you can play and still beat the Bears comfortably. Ryan Tannehill threw 21 passes, completed 10 of them for 158 yards and two touchdowns. You hold Derrick Henry to 68 yards rushing, and the Titans were in control the entire game. You have to do literally the bare minimum as an opposing offense to put a little bit of points on the board each quarter to completely skunk this Bears team. It's embarrassing. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Matt Nagy's ability to call plays. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky should be in the game. However, it all adds up to a 
very, very depressing and ugly picture, which is the Bears' offense. They scored 17 points in a quarter. That's pretty rare. You don't see a lot of teams putting up those kind of points. But unfortunately, they were never competitive in this game. It's just a rehash of what we've seen from weeks prior. It shows the limitations of this team. And on top of everything, David Montgomery goes out of the game with a concussion. He might miss some time. If that's the case, this Bears' offense is not only bad, they are one-dimensional and pretty much locked in to Nick Foles having to win you a game, which many other teams have tried and many other teams have found out that is not a position that you want to be in. So if I'm watching this game as a Bears fan or you know, really just kind of keeping tabs on teams in the NFC, because like I said last week, it's impossible to decide who's actually good and who's actually bad in the NFC. I have no idea who the front runner would be right now. But when you're looking at all these teams as a whole, the Bears were 5-1, and one, now they're 5-4. and four. They might as well be 0-9 at this point because when you really think of their prospects, unless they get something miraculous, if they get Tyler Bray coming in from the third string quarterback and he has somehow found out to be the uh, the next coming of Brett Favre or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, something like that, this team is going to put up some offensive performances like they did against the Titans week after week after week. It's so limited. I have been saying all year that the defense needs to hold the opposing teams to 20 points or less for them to have a chance to win. I think I need to bump that down to like 14 or 17 or something like that. If the Bears do not get above 20 points for the rest of the year, I would not be surprised because this offense is just completely stalled. And you'll see yardage. I mean, Nick Foles threw for 335 yards and two touchdowns, but man, I can't imagine a worse performance that ends up with a line like that. It's just getting hard to watch, and it's getting to that point where I don't think the Bears would ever make a move midseason, fire Matt Nagy, or you know take Ryan Pace out of the equation. I think they're an organization that will always do that at year end. But man, it's really getting tough to see this team having a future in the short term, meaning a playoff uh, push in this year. And then even beyond that, unless something drastic changes, I think we're locked into this type of offense for as long as the current head coach, GM, and quarterback is in place. Well, John Spataro firing right there with some good information, and it's hard to argue with anything that John said because I'll just add this. What makes it even more frustrating is the Bears' defense is still pretty darn good and keeps them in games. Now, you might argue last week they were down big in that game before they rallied, but you know what? If the offense isn't scoring for three quarters, it's hard for the defense to keep any team into a game, and it didn't look that bad in the final score. If you just didn't watch the Bears game last week, enjoyed some nice weather outside, and you're like, oh, they lost 24-17, lost a close game in Tennessee to a good team. No, they were blown off that field for three quarters, as John said. They came back, and Nick Foles with the numbers that John told you, 335 yards and two touchdowns. To me, this is a classic letdown by the Tennessee Titans defense. They're up comfortably at at home in the fourth quarter, and they let down a little bit. Bend but don't break. Let the clock run. Let the Bears get some completions. Don't get beat deep. And it worked out just fine for the Titans and even for their betters because they covered by a half point, winning by seven with the line six and a half. But you look at this Bears team this week, going to that game on Monday night at home against the Vikings, how far the Bears have fallen. They were 5-1 and one at one point overall, straight up. Now they're 5-4, and four, and they're in a home underdog a small home underdog to the Minnesota Vikings this week because for the reasons John said, they can't do anything on offense. Nick Foles does it in garbage time. The offensive line can't block anybody. And if David Montgomery's out, you're looking at, 
a Ryan Nall possibly getting the start at running back, maybe Corderell Patterson getting some carries. Do we finally see Lamar Miller get activated this week and get on the field and make some plays? He's a veteran who's had success in the NFL, but there's a lot more questions and answers right now, or than answers right now for this Bears offense. And as good as your defense is, if you can't score in the first three quarters of a football game, it's going to be real tough for you to win a lot of games going forward. Now, I think the Bears will find a way to be a little bit better on offense, but as John said, the idea of making the playoffs, that, that's uh, that's in jeopardy right now. I never would have said that three weeks ago when they were 5-1, and one, but the only thing that's saving the Bears right now is their schedule does get a little bit easier as time goes on into this season as we get down the stretch run, and secondly, you get that third wild card in the NFC and AFC this year that could be an advantage for them but who knows we've seen stranger things happen the Bears start off five and one and finish under 500 hopefully for Bears fans that won't be the case but hard to argue it won't be the case when the offense is as bad as it's been for the Chicago Bears this season he's John Spataro my name is Jason Gotch and we come back on state lines we'll look ahead to the Bears Vikings game at Soldier Field on Monday night again Minnesota a small favorite in that game we'll give you our thoughts on the game based on the spread and the total plus we'll look at some of the other games in the NFL that will happen here in week number 10, including some of the games you'll see on your TV set here in the state of Illinois. Plus, as always, at the end of the show, we give you our best bets against the spread. All that and more coming up right after this. Board for state lines as we roll along into week number 10 of the National Football League, giving you the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. And we will start it off looking at week number 10 by looking at the game on Monday night as the Chicago Bears play host to the Minnesota Vikings. And John, as I said in our last segment, nobody would have thought this just a few weeks ago. The Bears started the season at 5-1. and one. Now they're 5-4, and four, three straight losses. Minnesota has had their issues this season. But you go ahead and you look at the line in this game, and the Minnesota Vikings on the road with a 3-5 and five record are a small favorite over the Chicago Bears. They're a 2.5-point favorite. The total in this game is 44.5. So what do you think? I know you're not high on the Bears based on what you said last segment, but do you think they can lose this one as a home underdog at Soldier Field? I think this is a tale of two seasons from these two teams. Like you mentioned, the Bears were 4-1, and 5-1, and one, and, and the, the expectations couldn't have been higher. It was impossible to see this team um, making the playoffs. And meanwhile, the Minnesota Vikings, um, they were kind of the opposite. They were 1-4, and four, and they had really no chance of making the playoffs. People were kind of ready to write them off, and, and, and no one really took them seriously. Now, after a great win from the Vikings in Lambeau Field, and then another division win against the Detroit Lions last week they're three and five and if they beat the Bears this week I would say they're in the hunt for that final uh, wild card spot that we've been talking about all year so definitely differing expectations for these two teams definitely different trajectories here's what it's going to come down to to me like I mentioned do I see the Bears scoring over 20 points against the the uh, defense of the Vikings I don't know about that it's going to be tough it's probably going to come in the fourth quarter if they do start scoring points so that's always in play when you're trying to play a tight line like it's going to be on Monday night however 
really, for me, the Vikings have really revitalized their season on the back of Dalvin Cook. He's been running all over the place, 200-plus yards in some of these last few games, scoring touchdowns in bunches. He's just a pure impact player of the finest kind. You're not going to be able to stop him every single week, but against the Bears' defense, I think he's going to have a tougher time. So that's going to bring this game closer in my mind than it might seem at first. So all in all, the Bears getting points at home on a Monday night, which I know we can get through this segment without me mentioning Kirk Cousins has never won a primetime game on Monday night it just seems to get him every single year so everything considered I think I'm going to go with the Bears in this one it's going to be a close game I think it's going to be a low scoring game I don't see either of these teams uh, scoring like you know the Vikings have in the past two games where they're putting up over 30 points and I also don't see the Bears playing as poorly on offense against a division opponent maybe you know you just feel a little bit more comfortable playing at home and for all intents and purposes the Vikings have kind of been owned by the Bears in the last few years the Bears have really not had a problem taking care of business against uh, the purple people eaters so give me the Bears in this one it's at plus two and a half uh, for the Bears right now that's just under a field goal that means it's going to be close Vegas is predicting it to be a close one I think the Bears will find a way to contain and I say that with air quotes contain Delvin Cook so that he's not scoring three touchdowns maybe he gets one maybe he gets two but it's going to be a close one I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to get his first win on Monday Night Football just yet give me the Bears I'll hold my breath and uh, really hope that uh, this one plays out the way that I think all right, John Spataro locked in here on State Lines, taking the Chicago Bears. And, John, guess what? I, Jason Gotch, am with you. I, You know, I love the home dogs. Said it in the first segment. Went 2-0 with the home dogs last week with the Bills winning outright against the Seattle Seahawks. The Cowboys covering the 9.5 against the Pittsburgh Steelers team that's still unbeaten after winning a squeaker down in Dallas last week. And I'm going to go on the Bears here. I actually think the wrong team's favorite. For all the Bears issues this year, I'm not 100% sold on the Vikings. Now, John said, very nice win, as he told us in Green Bay a couple of weeks ago. They did beat the Detroit Lions at home last week, so they're trying to salvage that season. Dalvin Cook has been running like crazy, which is a good thing for Minnesota. He's one of the best young backs in the game. But again, Kirk Cousins finds a way at times to lose games. John told you that they he has never won a game on Monday Night Football. And maybe this is a little bit of a bet against Kirk Cousins saying that I'm also going to jump on the over here, a 44.5, say that this game goes over the total. And the Bears defense does some good things to set the offense up on a short field and maybe even gets a defensive touchdown. While Minnesota will score a little, but not nearly enough uh, to win this game outright. So I'm betting here on the Bears defense. I'm betting the Bears being at home is a little bit of an advantage, even though there aren't going to be fans in the stands. And I'm also betting a lot against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings here on the road, saying I'm going to take the Chicago Bears plus the two and a half. I'm going to take the over of 44 and a half. But for those of you who think Minnesota is eliminated from playoff contention, you know, this is that type of game for them, don't look that far because you look at this Vikings schedule. They get the Bears this week. If, I, if I'm wrong and John's wrong on this game and Minnesota – goes ahead and wins it outright, or maybe they even win and don't cover. It's a short victory. It's a small victory for them. Next up for the Minnesota Vikings, they get the Cowboys at home, they get the Panthers at home, and they have the Jaguars at home. So they got three straight home games against really bad football teams. 
Panthers, I guess, are okay. I shouldn't put the Panthers in the really bad category, but they're below average. The Jaguars and Cowboys are terrible. So if Minnesota wins this game, they're four and five. There's a very good chance they go to seven and five in time for a mid-December tilt down in Tampa, and they would still have home games left against the Lions. Or at the Lions, they'd have one game, and then they have a home game against the Bears. So this is a big game for the Vikings to determine where their season goes. And maybe it even means more for Minnesota than it does for the Bears. But I'm still going to say that the Bears cover the two and a half. This game goes over, and it's the Bears' defense that's the difference in this contest. Again, you're listening to State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Now, John, we always like to look at the games Before we get to our best bets here in the program, games that are on TV in various parts of the state. One game that will be on TV throughout the state of Illinois is the Sunday night game, as it is each and every week. This week, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the New England Patriots. The Patriots did something I didn't think was possible. They nearly lost at the Jets back on Monday night. Clearly, this has not been a good season for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Tom Brady might have got hammered on on the uh, Sunday night game last week by the New Orleans Saints, but clearly Brady and the Bucks are doing a lot better than Belichick and the Patriots. On the other side, the Baltimore Ravens having, again, a very good season with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. The line in this game is 7.5, Baltimore's favorite on the road at New England. Who would have thought we'd see that line in the Belichick era? Baltimore Ravens, 7.5-point favorite at the New England Patriots. The total in this game is 42.5. What are you thinking here? Are you looking at the home dog, or do you think the Ravens roll? Uh, you took the words out of my mouth there. How could you ever imagine that a Bill Belichick coach Patriots team would be getting a full touchdown worth of points at a home game in Gillette Stadium late in this season? I mean, it's just ridiculous to think. And if you're Tom Brady, you got to be a little happy seeing that, right? Because everyone was asking, is it Brady or is it Belichick? You know, is it the chicken or the egg? And Brady leaves town and the the Patriots look lowly. I mean, you, you, you just have to say it. Cam Newton has not been the same player. Uh, people are asking if it's because of uh, his COVID diagnosis or if he's going through some of his many nagging injuries that he's had throughout his career. He's just not the same player. And they absolutely did get dangerously close to losing to the Jets on Monday Night Football this week. I mean, it, it, you, you can't say it any other way. That should have been a, a blowout game in years past. That would have been one you didn't even have to watch. Uh, but now the Patriots are in a completely different situation. So I'm going to actually make this one of my best bets. So I'm not going to make a pick on this right now. But I will say a couple things to look at. The only two teams that have managed to beat the Baltimore Ravens this year are 8-0 and and 8-1. and That's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So you might look at this team as a step down in the AFC. They may not be... Uh, nabbing the headlines like the Kansas City Chiefs, or they may not be the last undefeated team like the Steelers. But those are two really good losses to have. If this was college football, I would think that they would still be in the top five ranking, uh, you know, due to polls and such, because you have to account for their strength of schedule. So all in all, this one's going to be a much different AFC showdown between Baltimore and New England than we're used to. And I look forward to telling you which way I'm leaning uh, in a couple segments. All right, John Spataro going to go ahead and leave us hanging just a little bit right there. Hint, hint, you're going to want to stick around as the show progresses because John's going to have this Ravens at the New England Patriots game in his best bets at the end of the show. It's not one of my best bets, so I'm going to go ahead and reveal it right now. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens and lay the seven and a half. Look, as I've been harping on the entire show, I love home dogs, but even I, Jason Gotch, 
cannot bet on the New England Patriots right now. The Cam Newton experiment, I'm a bit surprised. I actually thought that was a pretty good signing for New England. It has not worked out the well the, the worked out the way the Patriots had hoped. Uh, New England's not doing much with the running game right now. Their defense is ordinary. They struggled on Monday night to win at the Jets, who are terrible. They're 0-9. The Patriots are 3-5 and with that victory. The hook scares me, I'm not going to lie. I wish this thing was 7 or 6.5. The, the extra half point does scare me. So if you're going to bet this thing, I would shop around a little bit, maybe even wait until right around kickoff and you get some late money coming in on New England and it can drop the line in favor of the Ravens. Maybe they're favored by 6.5, 7, even 6 points. Jump on him then. But regardless, we got to pick it right now when we tape the show what the line is, and I've got to go with the Baltimore Ravens minus the seven and a half here on State Lines. We're going to take another quick timeout. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotcha. We come back. Lots more games that you're going to see on TV here in the state of Illinois this week. We'll have picks for you in those, and of course, we will have for you our best bets at the end of the program. Jason Gotcha, John Spataro, back with more right after this. Welcome back as we roll along on State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. One of the games in parts of the state, a lot of the state actually will see this one coming up in Sunday afternoon NFL action. The Green Bay Packers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars... Hard to believe that a couple of years ago that team was in the AFC Championship game with a lead in Foxborough over Brady and Belichick and the Patriots in the fourth quarter, and they ended up losing that contest the Jaguars did, and it's been all downhill for Doug Marone's team since that point. All kinds of issues. The The Jaguars had one good year this past decade, and it's been a, really a forgettable 10-year stretch for them. They're at Green Bay. The line in this game, Packers are a 14-point favorite. Total in the contest is 52. John, this one looks like a huge mismatch on paper. Am I missing something here, or or are the Jaguars as bad as I think they are? I think they are, and they may have the only messier quarterback situation in uh, the uh, NFL that's not the Dallas Cowboys or really the Chicago Bears, if we're being honest. Jake Lutton was the quarterback last week, and boy, did he put up some yards. Uh, The team went for 412 total yards under the rookie from Oregon State. He even opened his career with a 73-yard touchdown pass uh, in the opening minute of the game. So he's been all right in the uh, short sample size here of quarters however he is not Aaron Rodgers and that's pretty definitive I think in the few uh, sure things in gambling on NFL games you can always say that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback uh, than a rookie coming off of his first game so if I'm looking at that uh, this just screams over to me I know the overs at 52 but here's a few things to chew on the Packers have scored at least 30 points in six of their eight games this year the Jags have allowed more than 30 points in six of their seven games So if you're trying to do some math there, that would basically mean that this game's got to be a 17-point game or the uh, the Jaguars would have to sc- to be within about 17 points for this spread, this these two teams, for everything to happen, and them still find a way to cover. So I'm not going to put that much faith into the Jags. I think the Packers got a little spooked with that loss to Minnesota, but then they came back and shoved it right into a, uh, a playoff team, in my opinion, the San Francisco 49ers, although they got some injury issues going on uh, with a blowout win. So a, a nice bounce back for the second time this year for the Packers. 
bouncing back after that loss to the Buccaneers, bouncing back after a loss to the Vikings with impressive wins the next week. This is uh, something that you might be tempted to overthink, but take Aaron Rodgers, take the Packers. Uh, the Jags, like you mentioned, are not the AFC championship contenders that they were uh, from a few years ago. This team is beat up and uh, have some quarterback problems for the rest of the year. So give me Aaron Rodgers, give me the pack. It's a lot of points, but I think uh, this one is going to go uh, by the pack uh, pretty big. All right, John Spataro locked in with the Packers, minus the 14 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm starting to chuckle. I'm not laughing at John. I'm laughing at myself. I, I Look, I'm going to do it. It's a double-digit road dog. Packers maybe in a letdown spot here. Or double, yeah, double-digit road dog. Packers are favored by 14. I'm going to go ahead and jump on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoever decides to play quarterback this week, who knows what Jacksonville will do down there. I'm gonna. This is more, again, a bet against Green Bay saying they're due for a little bit of a letdown. They're clearly the better team. But a double-digit road dog getting the points. Look, it might be one of those games where the Packers are up by 20 you're watching it as they're getting ready to send you to the next game, and the Jacksonville Jaguars get a garbage touchdown with 20 seconds to go. They kick the extra point, they lose the thing by 13. Or Green Bay goes to the backup quarterback maybe late in the contest, and there's a pick six. Something like that happens, and then the Jaguars get an onside kick, and they punch it in. Something goofy's going to happen here. I'm going to take the Jaguars against most people's better judgment, but that's usually what you say in gambling sometimes. It looks so easy on one side, so go the other way. And I just don't want to lay 14 with the Packers. That's a lot of points to lay. If I was betting against the Jets here, I'd lay probably 50 points because they're so bad. And they actually covered a game against the Patriots the other day. But since it's not a team that bad, the Jaguars are bad, but they're not Jets bad. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jaguars plus the 14. All right, John, let's move on here because here's another interesting game for you. And some of our audience here in Illinois will get to see this one as part of the Sunday afternoon card. The Carolina Panthers... And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers are a six-point favorite at Carolina. The total in this game is 53. So you got an over-under of uh, 50. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. It's 50 and a half. We're in the wrong line there. 50 and a half is the total. And the Buccaneers are a six-point favorite. The Panthers got off to a pretty good start under Matt Rule. They've slumped lately, but they did give Kansas City a pretty tough game last week at Arrowhead. And we know what happened to the Buccaneers. That feel-good story, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady at 43 years old playing great football. Uh, the wheels came off that bus last week with a 38-3 home loss to the Saints on Sunday Night Football, in which Tampa did everything wrong and New Orleans did everything right. So, do the Buccaneers bounce back? The line is six right here. The total's 50 and a half. Or do the Carolina Panthers get the home cover? Yeah, well, like I mentioned with the Packers, it's uh, it, we've seen them rebound after two duds this season. I don't think we've really seen... Uh, you know, a, a dud the size of of uh, what Tom Brady laid on on Sunday uh, in his career. I mean, that was a must-win game in a short season snapshot here against a you know the other team you're competing with to win the division in in the New Orleans Saints, but also a personal game. I mean, that's Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, both quarterbacks headed to the Hall of Fame. Kind of a, a battle for supremacy there uh, in the recent NFL history. I mean, I know, like I said, they were they were handed off the. Uh, all-time passing touchdown record throughout that game and uh, Brady just just didn't show up I mean uh, that, that's all really you have to say about it it just wasn't a, a typical performance for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time so these teams have played already and while Brady got the job done uh, he only did it on 217 yards passing so you know I think people are a little afraid maybe you know everyone's gonna wait to to 
throw the dirt on the grade of, of Tom Brady's career because he always seems to reinvent himself even when it looks like he's done. So I'm not ready to say that uh, the, the trend is you know nothing to be concerned about, but I'm also not ready to say um, that he's going to be able to, to not, uh, or if he's going to be able to avoid these types of games in the last few years of his career. All that to say, the Carolina Panthers, although like you said, Jason had a nice game against the Kansas City Chiefs in a loss last week, they're really not the same team that they were at the beginning of the year. And now, after getting Christian McCaffrey back for a game, he's back on the injury list with a shoulder injury. So it's all stop and start on that offense. Teddy Bridgewater's been a nice story so far, but really since that game against the Bears, the Panthers have just not looked the same. So something's got to give in this divisional matchup. I think the Panthers still consider themselves a contender in the division, even though I think it's pretty clear it's Tampa and New Orleans for the top of the division. Give me the under in this game. I, I just have a feeling that Brady's going to get it done, but it's probably not going to be with 100 touchdown passes. I think he's going to have to be a little bit more meticulous. I think they have to get the running game involved a little bit more. They set a record in the game against the Saints for the least amount of running plays in NFL history. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they're going to need to get that going. I think this one's going to be a low-scoring game, maybe for a couple turnovers, uh, which uh, both of these teams like to do. Give me the under 50.5 on this one. I don't feel great about it, uh, but I, I just need to see uh, more of this potentially new Tom Brady at age 40 plus uh, to know if I want to back him anymore. All right, John locked in with his play in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers AFC South battle coming up on Sunday afternoon. I'm going to go ahead and take Brady and the Bucks here. It's one of those situations where, again, on the road, a pretty big favorite. Don't normally like to do that. But in this particular case, I think Tampa Bay needs to make a statement. That last week's game against New Orleans was a mirage. It was one bad effort. They do not want to come out this week flat. I do not think they will come out this week flat. There's two ways you can go after you lose a game to your arch rival like they did. You come out completely flat, and you go through the motions, and maybe you get beat again, or you win a close game, or you come out and smack somebody around. And I would not want to be the Carolina Panthers this week because I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and that entire Buccaneers team will be ready, and they're going to want to take out some frustrations on the road against an inferior opponent. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll lay the six points and say they win this game by even a touchdown. Maybe I think that's probably a 10-point or more victory for Tampa Bay. So we'll go ahead and take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus the six at Carolina. We continue on state lines. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. One more game that we want to get to this segment where you're going to see it in part of the state, the Cincinnati, especially the eastern part of the state, southeastern part of the state will get to see this game. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Bengals fans hate the Steelers more than anything. I don't know if Steelers fans think about the Bengals all that much because the Steelers seem to beat them each and every year when it counts, playoffs, regular season. Doesn't matter. The last 20 years have not been kind to Bengals fans in this rivalry. The Steelers are a 7.5-point favorite. The total in this game is 46.5. You have an undefeated Pittsburgh team midway through the season. They squeaked by in Dallas last week after – couple of real good wins at Tennessee and at the Baltimore Ravens. So the Steelers are rolling. The Bengals are exciting, and then they got a young quarterback, the number one overall pick in the draft, Joe Burrow, who's shown a lot here in his rookie season in the NFL. So what do you think of this one? AFC North battle. Can the Bengals cover that number, John, or is it all Steelers? 
I think I've been pretty clear this year that I'm a Joe Burrow supporter. I think that he has a bright future, and I think that the Bengals are inching towards being a pretty competitive team soon. I think that the future is pretty bright for them, provided they find a way to protect Burrow and really just sure up some of their offense. They haven't had Joe Mixon for a couple games now. A.J. Green's kind of been a ghost for the early part of this year, so it's really tough to decide whether or not the limitations of this team are as you know deep as they may seem. I think they're actually going to be a pretty good team here pretty soon however the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be the best team that this team has played thus far and they pose a very tough problem for Joe Burrow they could get to the quarterback and I do think that you're going to see a couple sacks from this Steelers defense in this game and it's really going to be tough for Burrow to perform because of it here's a stat for you the Bengals have not run a road game straight up in over two years they are 0-15 and 1 in their last 16 road games. This is a road game. It's not a far road game for the Bengals. They're not going across country, but they're also not going into a welcoming environment at Heinz Field. So give me the, the Steelers in this one. It's just a terrible matchup for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think there are brighter days ahead for the Bengals fans out there. This is not one of them. I'm not going to overthink this one, even though that the Steelers let me down and did not cover in Dallas against the Cowboys. Don't let that cloud your judgment. Just take the Steelers and don't think about it. I think this one's going to get ugly. <laughs> All right, John, short and sweet with that one. And I don't know if I can add much because I'm with you. I think the Steelers win this game comfortably. I think they got their little scare last week in Dallas playing down to their competition. I don't think they do it at home against the Bengals. This one to me is 27-10, 34-13, 34-7, 37-7 written all over it. I think the Steelers stay perfect on the year. I think they cover the 7.5 pretty darn easy. And I look at this game and I say, it's a learning experience for the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Place that he's going to have to play a lot over the years when he plays for the Bengals, a yearly trip to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, and his first trip there will not be a memorable one because the Steelers will cover the 7.5. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotcha. We come back, we'll recap our Bears picks for our new listeners who may have just joined the show. Plus, we'll give you our best bets against the spread for week number 10 of the National Football League season. All that and more right after this. Welcome back to State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. For those of you just joining the show, the Bears have a Monday night tilt at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Bears are a two and a half point home dog to Minnesota. The total in this game, 44. Seems like so long ago, the Bears were five and one and rolling, and people were talking about maybe a first round bye in the playoffs, maybe winning the NFC North. Well, since that time, the wheels on the bus have rolled right off. The Bears are 5-4. and four. They've lost three in a row. The offense looks bad. The offensive line can't block anybody. Nick Foles only plays well in spurts. A lot of issues at running back with David Montgomery and the concussion protocol this week. So, John Spataro, for the listeners who may have just clicked us on on that radio dial, give us your pick once again for the Bears and the Vikings coming up on Monday night. 
Well, like I said in the first segment, I think this one all comes down to Dalvin Cook and the Bears defense. If the Bears defense can swallow Dalvin Cook and contain him enough so that he's not running for 200-plus yards and 40, 50-yard receptions from the backfield and three, four, five touchdowns like he has these past few games, I think the Bears have a chance to stick in it. I mean, Monday night has not been kind to Kirk Cousins. You're going to hear that about 100 times during the broadcast on Monday night, so get ready for it. And I think that the Bears are going to find a way to keep this one close I'm really hoping and I think even you mentioned this earlier Jason I think a defensive touchdown is in play here Kirk Cousins makes so many mistakes that it's easy to see the Bears getting the ball on their own 20 30 40 yard line a couple times in this game and when you got a short field which the Bears so sorely need with this offense maybe you can get a couple points across and maybe this one ends uh, 24 to 20 or something like that where the Bears get a cover or they win outright it's really going to be a close one it's probably not going to be the best for uh, you know ESPN and the ratings darlings out there because these two teams really aren't the class of the NFL on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. But there's a lot of highlight ability here. Dalvin Cook, one of the best young backs in the league. The Bears defense, even with the troubles, and I hear people saying this is why Matt Nagy you know, isn't as bad of a coach as anyone uh, tries to make him, is because this team has not given up yet. I mean, the defense still plays hard every single play. So for that reason, the odds are against... Uh, Kirk Cousins. The Vikings have had an up and down season as of late. I think the Bears will find a way to cover in this one. Uh, I think they'll find a way to be close and maybe even win this one outright. All right, John locked in with the Bears, and I'm with John on this one as well. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears as a small underdog, plus two and a half. I think their defense will be the difference in this game. Kirk Cousins in prime time in the Monday night games, not good in his career. And you can usually count on Kirk Cousins to make one big mistake in every football game, and I think he'll make one in this one. Might even turn into a pick six for the Bears, put the ball on the ground. Maybe the Bears scoop it up, give his their team a short field. So I think the Bears' defense sets up the offense nicely in this one, and I think the offense will make enough plays where the Bears, I like them to win outright, but even if they don't, I think they cover a close one here, so I'm going to take the two and a half with the Chicago Bears this week. I'm also going to take the over. I think, again, that Bears defense will set up the offense, so I think this one will go over 44 and a half, so give me the Bears, give me the over of 44 and a half, and for Bears fans out there, your team needs a win here. It'd be nice to be six and four. 10 weeks into the NFL season and a chance to really make a run at one of those wild card spots in the National Football League in the NFC, that is, because you think about that Packers team. They're playing real good football right now. I think it's going to be hard for the Bears to have any chance to catch the Packers in the NFC North. Now, John, I'm going to give you the floor because here on State Lines, I hear you had a rough week last week. You're looking to bounce back this week. Give us your three best bets, your three games, what you're looking at to lock in and make some money. Well, it sure is nice of you, Jason, for not firing me yet for being uh, ineffective at picking winners. But here we go. I think I'm, I've got a couple good ones, a couple that I feel really good about. But let's start with one that I feel just okay about. It was the pick that I teased earlier in the show. It is the Baltimore Ravens hitting the road against the New England Patriots. Look, I understand every reason why you would feel like the Baltimore Ravens are going to run away with this game. I doubted them last week. I was taking the Colts at home, getting points as a home dog against the, the Ravens, and the Ravens come completely fooled me and won by two touchdowns. However, in my life, I have never thought that I would see the Patriots getting this, I don't know if disrespect is the right word, but just doubt that they are not going to put on a good performance on their home field in Foxborough in November. It just seems like something that can't happen. So for that reason, this is 100% a gut pick. 
I think that they are going to find some way to cover against the Baltimore Ravens. They've lost a couple close games this year. Cam Newton fumbled a couple weeks ago. That turned into a loss. They've played tight games. They are not necessarily getting blown out. They're just not at that level that they were with Tom Brady for the last, oh, I don't know, two decades. So this one, 100% going with my gut, not with my head. Give me the Patriots getting a touchdown. That seems so weird to say at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Now let's go to a game between two uh, young quarterbacks who I think have a bright future in the NFL, but specifically have a bright future to put up some points this week, which is why I'm going with the over in the Miami Dolphins and the LA Chargers game. Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa. I've already been on Tua twice this year already. He's only started two games, so you can tell that I feel something is going on with the Dolphins. I feel like they have a lot of uh, confidence. I feel like they're playing a pretty decent brand of football on both sides. Really, their defense has been elevating them to to really interesting status, not just good. So I'm going to go with the over in this one. It's only 48 points, which just seems a little low for me that the Chargers have gone over in their last five games. So I like the trend on that side. I like the two, you know, quarterbacks who also are prone to make a few mistakes, which means the ball could get turned over a couple times and have some short fields. I think this one goes over very easily over 48. I think that one's a little bit low and, and suspect, actually. So uh, I, I feel really good about it. 48 points. Give me the over in the Chargers and Dolphins game. And then finally, much like I was saying about the Bengals and the Steelers game, don't overthink it, just bet it. You know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna go with the Saints as nine point favorites against the 49ers. The 49ers who got blown out by the Packers last week are one of the most unknown teams in the NFL. They haven't had Jimmy Garoppolo all year. They have not had you know, most of their skill positions. They had almost three of their top five wide receivers out last week. They are absolutely in shambles on the offensive side of the ball, and they still have to play these games. I mean, they're, they're trotting out backups on backups and, and practice squad guys. You have no idea what's going to happen. So that just tells me, go with what you know. And after the way that the Saints played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, I can't see Nick Mullins and whoever they decide to put on the field for the 49ers hanging with him in this game. It's in the Superdome. It just seems too good to be true, which I think might scare a, little peop- a few people, but this one is clear to me. I think the Saints win big. I have no idea who's going to be on the field for the 49ers, and that's reason enough for me to go with the future Hall of Famer, even off of, even regardless of a big win last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to recap, I'm going with the gut pick. I think that the New England Patriots find a way to lose by less than seven points at home against the Ravens. I like the over 48 in the Dolphins and Chargers game this weekend. And then finally, I like the Saints to cover nine points at home against the 49ers. I think that all three of those have a chance to get me out of my losing streak and back into the winner's circle. Jason, it's all to you. All right, John Spataro locked in with some winners right there. And I always wish John good luck, except this week I can't on one of the games because we are on the opposite side for best bets of that 49ers game at the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to take the Niners, where they get them at 9, 9.5. It's varying right now, the line in that contest. And I just think this is a letdown spot for the Saints. Look, you beat your arch rival, you beat Tom Brady, Sunday night game, primetime audience. You don't know what you're getting from the 49ers this season. John is correct, but sometimes we've gotten some pretty good games out of them. we got some clunkers, too. And I'm not asking the Niners to go to New Orleans and win this game. I'm saying, hey, you know what, guys? Keep it within nine points. Just go ahead and keep it within nine for me. You're going to cover. You're going to lose on the field, but you're going to win for the gambler. So I'm going to go ahead and take 
a 49ers team on the road this week. At the better team, New Orleans, but get nine, so give me the Niners in that contest. I'm also going to take the Seattle Seahawks plus the one and a half at the L.A. Rams. Look, last week we were against the Seahawks, and we won with the Buffalo Bills getting a point and a half. They were an outright winner, 44-34. Buffalo's underrated. They're a pretty darn good football team. That's a tough trip to travel the uh, three time zones east and play the one of those early kickoff games, 1 o'clock Eastern time, 12 o'clock Central. That's what the Seahawks did. They got outgunned by the Bills this week. It won't happen in a big rivalry game in the division. I think the wrong team's favored here. The Rams are at home. They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite. But the Rams, most of their success this season has been against the NFC East. They've beaten that division entirely. They've won all four games they played against the NFC East, and we know how bad the NFC East is this year. So give me the better team getting the points on the road. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks plus the one-and-a-half. And then to close it out, we're going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. Take them minus two against the Buffalo Bills. This is, again, a situation play for me. Bills, huge win at home last week against Seattle. That's a statement game for the Buffalo Bills. Now they got to go out west, play a young Cardinals team with Kyler Murray at quarterback. And I think even though the Cardinals lost last week to Tua and the Miami Dolphins, this is a good bounce-back spot for them right here. So I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals minus the two against the Buffalo Bills. So to recap, we got the Niners plus nine and a half down in New Orleans. We're going to take the Seahawks plus one and a half at the LA Rams. We're going to take the Arizona Cardinals minus two at home against the Buffalo Bills. Those are Jason Gotch's best bets of the week. For John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. Thanks for joining us on the program this week. Enjoy the winners in week number 10. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we will talk to you next week for week 11 of the National Football League. Have a good one, everybody. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.